0: Hey, we're so glad that you're here. And uh, I want to I open up the word uh, in Matthew chapter 1, a real familiar passage of scripture during this Christmas time. Matthew chapter 1, and so verse 18, we'll start reading. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about His Mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. But before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law, And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet that the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. I love this. This is probably one of my favorite names for God is Emmanuel, God with us. This would be his name. This is what people would call him. And this is what we would know him as, God with us. Us, God with us. I, I want to speak for a couple minutes from the subject, the ministry of presence, of presence. Any, any, anybody ready to receive some presents this year? We got any kids ready for some presents this year? I, 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 I think I have the ministry of receiving presents. I, I, I like to give as well. I like to receive presents. I, I was thinking about this. I think there's a couple different uh, categories of presents. There's the present like that you've always wanted. You know, it's like, man, I just, man, I want that, the, the, the wish list, I want that present. Then there's like the present you don't want, you, you ever get those ones, you know, uh, the, the, uh, the socks and underwear gifts, like again, awesome, this is incredible, and then, then there's the gifts you need, it seems like the older you get, these are like the gifts, like you start asking for, it's like, yeah, I could really use a new wrench, it's like, it's no fun, I mean, it's just like you just get older, you get more practical. And, uh, and then I think there's another category, and it's the gift that you never knew you needed. You ever got one of those before? Someone gets you a gift, and you're like, wait a second. I don't even know this thing existed. This, this happened to me. This is, I have a real life testimony. <laughs> Jamie, my wife, uh, who was just up here a couple Father's Days ago, she says, man, I, I got an awesome gift for you. And I said, all right, well, I have the ministry of receiving gifts and uh, she says, come to the bathroom, and I'm like, wow, <laughs> forward, um, but I like it, I'm, I'm in on it, and uh, so we go, we go to the, the bathroom, and she, she had bought for me, and had it installed, did all the work, a bidet, now, I just got to back up, back up just for a second, now, now if you don't know this about me, I'm, I'm like a clean freak. I, I like to be, I just like to be clean. I mean, if, if you can choose clean or dirty, I like clean. I like to shower frequently. I don't like to be sticky or sweaty or like, I like, I don't like smells. I'm real sensitive to smells. And uh, I, I just, I mean, I, I can't eat, not even food smells. I just like, if it's in my car, that thing's got to go. I mean, we, we got to do some serious work and get that, whatever that the kids brought in, it's got to go. It's got to go. And so Jamie knows this about me, so she, she bought me a bidet. I'm like, man. Okay, this is this is. She she hired an electrician to like wire it in, and and and, and it it heats up. Now I don't know where that's been all my life, but that is incredible. It has an LED light. All right, I can change the colors of it. It's it's incredible. I mean, I, this is this is one of those gifts that I never knew that I that I needed because now I'm like traveling. I'm like, look at these things. It's filthy. I'm not. I just, I'm, I just. I like. Just don't eat. I'm just going to wait till I get home. I just. I mean. And I'm not trying to be off color. I'm just. I'm just trying to tell you that that, that there has been a breakthrough in cleanliness, and, and, and she got me the best gift that I'd ever received. I'm telling you, it is just. It's it's incredible that there are some gifts that you never know. That you need I, I remember a Christmas when I was I was really young and my brother and I, we got like the same present, which was we have a big family, is always dangerous when you got the, the same size box because you're like, we got this, we got the same thing. You know, they they gotta buy one, get one free or something. And and uh, so we opened it up and it's a Los Angeles Lakers hat and we lived we lived in Washington State in Seattle, uh, right outside of Seattle where the Seattle Sonics were still alive. And we got a Lakers hat, so I don't know if it was like discount or, or whatever. Um, so I'm like, man, awesome, Dad, thank you. And, and But for some reason, I love that Lakers hat. And for years, I loved it. I, I remember where I was sitting when I opened it. I remember I was on our dark brown couch, which had the sun bleached back on it because it sat in front of the window too long, and mom made us put a blanket over it every time company, you know, ever had one of those couches, you got to put the blanket over the, the bleach spot, and, and I was sitting right there, I opened this Lakers, I, I'm still a Lakers fan, and I don't, I don't even have any reason to be, except maybe there's some connection to some gift I got when I was younger. I, I, I'm going to tell you this about presence, and, and really when you talk about spiritual things, There's a lot of things spiritually that you never knew that you needed until you have it. It, It's one of those things that that, that you never know how good God is until you really experience God's goodness. That, That you never know God's grace until you really experience God's grace. It's one of those things that you start thinking, how did I ever live Without this. How how did I ever live without this presence? How how did I ever live without this peace? How how did I ever live without this joy? How did I ever live without this contentment? How how did I live? I don't know if you know this or not, but Jesus? Jesus was a gift. He was a gift given by God. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says, for to us a child is born. To us a son is given. He's been given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. That's some incredible titles right there. He he will be called the Prince of Peace. But Jesus was given as a gift, as a gift. The the, the Father in heaven saw fit to give the Son to humanity as as a present. The ministry of presence was God giving Jesus the Son to us. So this is the question that we have to answer tonight is, is why? why? Why did God give the Son? Why did he send Jesus? Why, why did he send this gift? And I was thinking about a couple of different reasons that I think might speak to you tonight, but, but this is really simple, that God gave Jesus because of love. I know for many of us, we said, well, of course, of course he did. John chapter 3, verse 16, probably one of the most popular passages of Scripture in, in the Bible. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave. He saw humanity. He saw us. He saw you. He saw me. He saw our children, our great-grandchildren, and he so loved them that he said, I've got I've to give something. I've got to give my... Son, first John chapter 4, verse 10, it says, This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Now, this is interesting. God came because he loved us, but there's another reason God came. God came and gave Jesus because he had mercy on us, he saw us in our sinful. Condition. The Bible says that we were born into sin. You don't got to be a bad person to be born into sin. You just got to be human. We We were born into sin and God in his loving kindness and his mercy sent Jesus. God sent Jesus as an act of love but also of mercy. Luke chapter 18, when the blind beggar cried out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus said to him, recover your sight. Your faith has made you well. Luke chapter 17, when the feared lepers raised their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. He stopped and took pity on them. And as they went, they were cleansed. Mark chapter 1, Mark recalls the time a leper fell on his knees, pleading with Jesus to make him clean. And Jesus not only spoke to him, but he also touched him. Moved with pity, he stretched out his hand and touched him and said to him, be clean. Mark chapter 5, in the case of the demoniac, the Lord delivered him and then explained that it was sheer mercy. Go home to your friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. God sent Jesus because of love, but he also sent Jesus because of mercy. That, That he saw the human condition and he had pity or he had mercy on us. But it's not just that. God saw us, and he loved us, and he sent his son, and he saw us and had mercy on us, and he made a way for us to be set free from our sins, but he also had compassion on us, that God sent Jesus because he had compassion on us, which means that he knew that after we would meet him or receive him, that we still have to walk through this life, and God so loved us that he said, you're not going to walk through this life alone. It was his compassion that cares about our ups and our downs, cares about our weakness and our strengths, cares about what makes us happy and what makes us sad. The Bible says that Jesus has been tempted in every way just as we are. So God sent Jesus to feel what we feel, to, to break like we've been broken, to endure and experience what we've endured and experienced so that he could have compassion on us. In Luke chapter 7, when Jesus saw a widow who had lost her only son, Luke tells us Jesus had compassion on her and said to her, do not weep. And then he raised her son from the dead. Mark chapter 9, one man brought his demon-possessed son to Jesus after years of sorrow. And the boy was unable to speak. And the evil spirit often threw the boy into the fire. And the father pleaded with Jesus, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus responded to the cry for pity and rebuked the spirit and cast it out. Luke chapter 15, the parable of the prodigal son pictures God filled with compassion for his sin-soaked homecoming son. And while the son was still a long way off, his father saw him, felt compassion for him, ran, embraced him, and kissed him. This is a God that saw us and gave Jesus as an act of compassion. Isaiah chapter 43, verse 2, it says, when you pass through the waters, this is one of my favorite passages of scripture, Isaiah chapter 43, and people, they, they, they love this scripture as well, but I sometimes think we don't read it very closely, because it says, when you pass through the, means you're going to pass through the waters. He says, I will be with you, and when you pass through the rivers, you're going through some rivers, they will not sweep over you, and when you walk through the fire, you're going to go through some fire. You will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. So the promise, the present of Jesus, is not to escape fire, to escape rivers and water and storms. In fact, the promise is that he would be present in them. That the ministry ministry of presence really is the ministry of presence, P R E S E N C E. That that's what Christmas really is about. Is not about the presence. It's about His presence. It's about what He's given to me and to you. It's about what He offers each of us and to all humanity of Himself. This presence, this presence. Who is this Jesus? Think about it. If you read the scriptures, there's all kinds of names for Jesus. First name Jesus, last name Christ. It's not his last name. It's not his last name. People call him all kinds of different things. We read already in Isaiah 9 that he's called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I mean, these are big time names. Mary wasn't calling him Prince of Peace. The names that we read in the scriptures are not names that we call him, but announcements pronouncements of his character. So when you hear a name for Jesus, it's not just something we call him, it's who he is. Some of the names for Jesus are Holy One of Israel. He's the King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Head of the Church, Almighty, the Alpha, the Omega, Master, King of the Jews, High Priest, Prophet, Teacher, Good Shepherd, the Word, the Rock, the Lion of the Tribe of Judah, the Bright and Morning Star, the Image of the Invisible God, the I Am. Want some more? The Christ, Messiah, Savior, Redeemer, Bread of Life, Beloved Son, Resurrection, the Life, the Pure and Spotless Lamb, the Vine, the Door, the Victorious One, the Mighty One, the Mediator, the Lord of all. Can you imagine having that many names? It's like, which one do you answer to? It's not just what we call him, it's who he is, but this is the greatest name of all that's encapsulates all these names that we just said and we find it in the prophet's sayings in Isaiah chapter 7 verse 14 it says therefore the Lord himself will give you a sign and the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel which means God with us did you know that the message of Christmas and the declaration of every single one of his names is encapsulated in one name, Emmanuel? It was the God who was once distant has now come near. The one who was once far away has now come close. It is really the declaration of Christmas that we have a God that is with us. That when we're here, He's with us. When we're out, when we're gone, when we're up, when we're down, that He is Emmanuel. He is with us. He is with us. The incarnation spoken in in our theology is this, that our God took on flesh. John chapter 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word And the word was God, was with God, and the word was God. John chapter 1 verse 14 says that, that word took on flesh, both human and divine, fully man and fully God. And that present is what God sent to us as Emmanuel, God with us. People talk about God's presence all the time and the presence that we find through Jesus. And, and sometimes people think it's difficult to receive from God. But I'm going to tell you the way you receive from God is just as easy as you receive from a gift. You know, I'm actually going to do this, okay? I'm going to actually do this because I think this would be fun. And uh, I'm actually going to give this present away to someone in the audience. I'm thinking I'm, I need like a 10-year-old. 10-year-old, 9-year-old, 10-year-old, 11-year-old, somewhere in there. I need to see your hands. Who, like, really, really wants? I see. You. I got you. You got you what? Yep, right there. You got your hand way up. Yep. You're like, Yeah, yeah, you. You just looked at your hand. I can't see your face. Come on up. Come on up. Come on. Come up. Quick, quick. Yeah, go this way. Go this way. It's shorter. All right, come on up here for a second. Now, we're going to give them an opportunity. There's stairs over there. Watch your step. All right, come on up. Come on up. Now, I'm going to give you this present, but I'm going to give you a couple conditions, okay? You can open this. you got to open it in front of everybody. If you like it, you can keep it, okay? If you don't like it, you can just leave it here, all right? I can't remember if this was a girl gift or a boy gift, so you just have to open it and find out. But whatever it is, no matter what, if you like it, you can have it, all right? So this is cool. It's It's a cool way to open it. All you have to do is pull this bow, okay? So just take the gift. Just pull that bow. It's not a prank. I mean, oh, okay, hold on. Well, that's nice. Just keep, keep, I don't know if there's more. I just told him to use the money in my wallet, and I didn't know I had this much in there. I said, oh, holy cow. Is it, if you got, do you have any family here? You need to hide this. This is, brother, we can get security for this guy. Is it, okay, so that's it, I think. So, so there's no more in there. This this is just it's up to you. You can take it or leave it. What what I'll do you take it? I'll take. I'll take. You gonna take it? Okay, go ahead. You can take it. You can take it. Just just take it. Hmm. Hmm. Somebody watch him. Okay. He just he just he just took it. It, it. it didn't even seem like it was a difficult choice for him. He just he felt felt like he had kind of made up his mind. He's gonna he's gonna take it. I I, I use a somewhat silly example to tell you something really easily. His brother's saying, over here. <laughs> you can't have to share, brother. Somebody watch him, man. Don't let him beat him up. You know I think we make God's presence so difficult sometimes? Well, I'm to tell you the same way he just received the gift that was given to him is the same way we receive God's present Jesus. You can choose to take it, or you can choose to leave it. Friends, it's that easy. It's not your pedigree. It's not your dugree, It's not what you've done, what you haven't done. It's not your good things, your bad things. It's not your performance. It's not your church attendance. Friends, it is up to each of us to decide, do we want to receive it or do we not? That this is the question that each of us are confronted with and many of us have all of these questions playing in our mind. Do we deserve it? Are we worthy? Does he really want to give his presence to me? Does he know who I am? Does he know what I did? Does he know that I cussed someone out in the parking lot on the way here? Does he, Does he know? God, he, God knows and yet he still gives. He knows and yet he still gives. I I, I wanted to just give you a couple thoughts as as we begin to wind down about God's presence because I think when when we talk about receiving his presence, there's just blocks. Blocks by religion, blocks by how we've been trained, blocks by our own guilt, blocks by shame, blocks by just not having knowledge of really who this God is. I've learned this about God's presence. My awareness... Doesn't affect his existence. Which means this. This present was up here whether he knew it was up here or not. Whether he knew it was here or not, it still existed. Listen, you, you can believe God doesn't exist and it doesn't change his existence. You cannot be aware of God's working, God's love, or God's presence in your life. But it doesn't mean that he doesn't exist. In fact, your awareness or lack of awareness or full awareness doesn't change the reality of his existence. My performance doesn't affect his proximity. Now, I think this is where a lot of people get hung up because they think, well, man, I've been really good this year. I mean, we, we approach God like Santa Claus. Actually, my son asked me, he goes, Dad, what do you think? Do you think you're on the, the nice list? I felt like it was kind of like a trick question. I said, Jude, what do you think? He says, probably pretty close. Pretty close. Santa's not real. I just just ruined it for him right there. um, But he still believes. Um, I, I think that sometimes we approach God with this thought that we've done good or we've done bad. And the closeness of God is completely dependent on if we actually think that we deserve it or not. Can I tell you this, that your performance does not affect God's proximity to you? That God is close to you, that God is willing to be close to you, that God desires to be close to you, whether you believe it or not, or whether you think you deserve it or not, or whether you think you've been good enough or not, because you came to Christmas Eve service, he's close. He's he's close. My complacency, this is the last one. I know it's Christmas Eve, so I'm gonna be gentle with you, but it might step on your toes just a little bit. My complacency doesn't affect his willingness. My my complacency, my, my, my inability to pursue him or to receive him or to accept him, it doesn't affect God's willingness. That God's willing to reveal himself to you and to me. Whether you've walked with God for years or whether you've never said yes to Jesus, God is willing... God is willing, God is not just willing, desiring to reveal himself to you. Maybe you're here even tonight, you say, I've been coming to church for years, and I, I, I know enough about God, or I know this about God. Can I just tell you that there's more to God? And his desire is to be Emmanuel, God with you, to show himself real to you and good to you. My complacency doesn't affect his willingness. Whether I care or not, it does not change the fact that God has willingly given us Jesus. I want to close with this thought: that Emmanuel, God with us. I was praying this morning for you and was praying for these services, and I was just asking God to do something extraordinary, special in us. That it wouldn't just be something that we do and songs that we sing, but that we would be made aware of his closeness. That we would be made aware of his goodness. And I was thinking about just these last couple years, I've heard probably more terrible stories of ups and downs that people have gone through, real tragedy or real loss, real heartache. And I just prayed, God, would you be close to us tonight? Would we be able to sense that you are Emmanuel, that you are God with us? And I was praying and I just stopped for a second and I I realized that as much as I was praying for all of us and tonight, that God wanted to be close to me. And I just sat for a minute and I realized that he is Emmanuel, God with me. You know, it's, it's different when it becomes personal, isn't it? It's different when we say, God is with us. Merry Christmas to all. It's different when he says, amen. It's different when he says, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you on the job. I'm I'm with you when you lay in bed awake at night. I'm with you when you're driving those back roads trying to hear something from me. I'm with you when your heart is broken. I'm with you in your wondering. I'm with you in your confusion. I'm with you in the turmoil. I'm with you in your marriage. I'm with you with those children. I'm with you with that decision. I'm with you in the tension. I'm with you. I'm with you. We try to just broad stroke it. God is with us. And it's beautiful, but when it becomes powerful is when it's God is with me. God is with me. God's with me. He's with you. And as we approach a brand new year, we celebrate Christmas tonight and tomorrow. I just am praying that the reality of the presence of Jesus just enters your home and your heart and that you recognize that it's not just a great season, not just a great time of year, not just festive happenings, not just surviving problems. But We serve a God who loved us, had mercy on us, had compassion on us, and said, you get a present. You get a present. He looked at the heartache of your soul, and He said, I'm giving you a present. He looked at the lack of peace, and He said, I'm, I'm giving you a present. He, he looked at that lack of contentment, and He says, I'm, I'm giving you a, a, a present. He looked at the anger, and He said, I'm giving you, I'm giving you a present. And He gave us Jesus. And that's why When we say Emmanuel, it's all of the names encapsulated in one because when he looked at the brokenness and need of humanity, he said, here's the present. It's his presence. It's Jesus. He's still the answer of the world. He's still the hope of all mankind. He's the Messiah. He's the Savior. He's the rock that's higher than I. He is my refuge in time of trouble. He's my salvation and my strength. He is my hiding place, the refuge that I can run to. He's the shoulder I can cry on. He is the presence that I can hide in. He's the present from God to each and every one of us. God is with us in our struggles. He's with us in our sins. He's with us in our pain. He's with us In our difficulty, we serve Emmanuel, God with us.